Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring our message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. Good morning and welcome to Fellowship Church on this Memorial Day weekend. We are so excited to worship with you guys this morning and we're so grateful for the freedoms that we have to do so. And we believe that, that through worship, we can freely enter into the presence of God, amen? So let's do that this morning together, come on.
feel the presence of God in this place. Why don't we just raise our hands right now. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the healing that you're doing in this place. We thank you for the miracles that you're doing in this place. We thank you for the marriages that you're restoring in this place. We thank you for who you are. We thank you, Jesus.
singing that out, Waymaker. There's something that's just like heavy on our hearts. I know we've, we've probably heard about the shootings that happened in Texas and the 19 children and the two teachers that were gunned down in a public school. And we sing a thing like Waymaker and, and, and we try and hold both of those things together. And there's tension and there's struggle there, right? If any of you are parents, I mean, it's just, it hurts your heart. Something like that to happen. And we sing, even when I, I can't see it, I know you're, you're working. Even when I don't feel it. I think about the families that are impacted by that, by, by what evil can do. believe that it, it's our trust knowing that he can still make a way in every one of those families' lives. That he can still make a way for every one of us as well. And we can stand in the place that God, I, don't, I know I may not get it. I may not be able to see it. And all I feel is heartache and tragedy. And still, you're still God. There is evil in this world, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean that any of his promises are invalid. It doesn't mean that any of his, any of the things that he wants for us aren't true anymore. They still are. So in that place, knowing that he's the way maker, I just wanna pray for those families. I wanna pray for our own community and the safety of our children, knowing God, that, that God is who he says he is. In the midst of this, he's still, God. Jesus, Lord, we hold both these things in our hands. It's God, and we, we relinquish control over the why, even trying to comprehend that is above, above what we can do. But Father, we just lift up the families of the children and the teachers, this tragedy and all the different shootings that have gone on, God. We just lift every single person up. We ask you, God, be the way maker in those families right now. Show them your peace, show them your love, show them your acceptance, God. And in the midst of the heartache, in the midst of the struggle and the seas that are raging in their lives and the seas that are raging in our own, I pray, God, that you can bring a calm to that storm. Even if it takes a little while, God, let them feel hope in the midst of the dark night. Let them feel your love in the midst of a place where they may feel there is no more love. And Father, I pray for a strength in every single person that's affected by that. That you can be their strength as they feel weak, that you can be their comforter as they need it, their advocate that will fight for them, that will pray for them, that will be in their corner, God just ask that of you and Jesus over our own community and over our own our own children we just ask for your protection and your safety God and Lord thank you Jesus for what you're doing in each and every one of our lives and in the lives of our children God knowing God that you are the way you are the truth and you are the life so we lift this up to you God and we just ask you for your blessings on those families for your blessings on our own God, we just praise your name as the way maker. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And we, we lift all of this up to you, Jesus. God, it's in your heavenly name we pray. Amen. Amen.
God is still good. He is. He's good. All right, well, if you're here in person as you make your way to your seats, go ahead and find somebody and tell them that God is after you today. He's after you today. For those of you that are tuning in online with us, thank you so much for tuning in with us. We'd love to see what you're doing and where you are right now. If you're out on vacation, doing something fun, let us know, type in the chat. We'd love to engage with you throughout the service. It's amazing to be able to see how far God's just reaching and affecting people through Fellowship Church. So let us know where you're watching from. And if you are online and you just want some extra prayer or anything like that, please head over to our website and click the live prayer button. We have somebody online that we'd love to be able to pray with you today. Well, thank you so much, guys, for spending your Memorial Day weekend with us. We don't want to uh, continue this service either without also just, um, just going out and, and just giving our hearts and our minds to those loved ones and those families that have lost somebody uh, in wars and in service of our country. It's really amazing to just think about, and we can see it in, the, in all the different countries and all the different things going on in our world that, like, there's a lot of stuff and we can, I mean, we can talk for a lot of hours, I'm sure, on politics and all the different things going on and the things that are, that are going on in our country that we agree with, that we don't agree with. But the truth is, like, we are free to meet here right now and talk about Jesus. And that's something significant. That's something significant that we can't do, that, that there's other countries that can't meet like this, that can't praise and worship um, outside and do those things. And I know that, that there's people that in our armed services that gave their life for that picture, for that freedom to be able to happen, for us to be able to do that. And that is just, I just want to be able to pray and lift up those families that um, on, on this Memorial Day weekend that have lost someone in service of their country. So please pray with me. Jesus, Lord, thank you, God, that you are a father to the fatherless. Jesus, that, that you, that you, God, are the protector of orphans and, and of widows, God. And we just want to just just humble ourselves and just say thank you, God, for um, giving us this, this place um, of freedom that we can uh, engage with you, interact with you, that we are able to, to be here because of people that have given, given their lives in service of this country. So God, thank you for those people. I pray that you can bless those families this Memorial Day weekend as they, as they remember that and as all these memories may come up, I pray that you can bless their hearts and their minds as they, as they think and they reflect, God. And I just, Lord, we're just grateful that you've given us this place to be able to um, connect with one another and connect with you. And it's in that place, Jesus, that we are just, we're grateful. So we lift those, those families um, up to you and our armed services up to you, Jesus, just asking that you continue to protect those um, that are serving right now. And we just, we just love you, God, and we thank you in your heavenly name, amen. All right, again, thank you for spending your Memorial Day weekend with us. Uh, for those of you that are maybe new here, you can always just text the word fellowship to 94,000 if you do that, whether you're online or you're here in person, that gets you in contact with our staff. We'd love to uh, get you an invitation to our guest reception or just be able to ask, answer any questions that you have or, I mean, just give you a lot of different opportunities that are here when, when it comes to serving or anything else. So if you're just wondering what your next step with Jesus is and what it could look like here in fellowship, you can always, if you're in person, drop by the info center or drop by the uh, next steps counter. If you are new here in person, drop by the info center. We do have a gift bag for you as well. We wanna continue the worship of our awesome God through the giving of tithes and offerings as well. Um, as we were, as I was just coming up here today, just thinking about how much God just 
can provide. And I know we talk about like he, he can provide in a very literal way when it comes to money and stuff like that. But sometimes we, we take for granted just the idea that he can provide for us in every single aspect of life. I mean, it could be absolutely anything. Um, and especially in times when we're pouring out or we're giving, and it could be our time, it could be our resource, it could be anything like that. And, and all of a sudden we just see that we are supplied. And the Bible talks about like that we are supplied from his glorious riches, which in my mind, I'm like, if he, if God had a bank account, it's probably a pretty good size bank account, right? And it's just cool to be able to see that like his kids, his followers, he wants to be able to do that. And he has all of these abundant resources to be able to do that from. And giving is a way that we can just love him back and say, God, thank you for all the different things you're doing in my life, um, whether it's financial breakthrough or not. But I do wanna lift up this time right now and, and say that if there's any need in here, any families that are tuning in at home as well, if you're in need of a financial breakthrough, I wanna pray for you. I wanna lift that up for you as well uh, as, as bless our offerings that are coming in. So Jesus, thank you, God, so much for what you're doing, how you're moving in our lives. And Lord, I pray that every single offering that's coming in today that you just bless that and bless those families, God. But if there's any families that are just in need of a breakthrough uh, financially, Lord, I just pray that you just pour out the, your, your floodgates and pour out um, just your provision and blessings on those that need it, God. We love you and God, we trust you. We trust you with our finances. We trust you with, um, with our whole lives. And so Father, I pray God that we can um, feel your, your love and your uh, acceptance and Jesus' um, provision if we're in need of it, God. We love you and we thank you in your heavenly name. Amen. All right, so I got back at like midnight last night from uh, 4640 camp, and it has been going really good. It's good. I want to talk to you quickly about the drop-off situation. Um, we are going to unload all of the luggage and everything in 4640, so if you guys are uh, looking to be able to pick up your students, you can pick them up. Uh, we're going to unload all the students in the courtyard by the flagpole uh, or in the lobby of 4640, and then all the luggage will be inside 4640. That's going to happen right after second service, so uh, right around noon. So if you want to come back around then, um, or if you're tuning online, that please be here to pick up your students, okay? <laughs> our, our volunteers up there are, I'm just hired and I wouldn't even spend the whole time there. So uh, we love your students and we want to give them back as well. <laughs> just know that. But there's a lot of different things that are going on here at Fellowship Church. Here are a few of them. June 5th, we're gonna be having a guest reception. So if you would consider yourself to be new here at Fellowship, a guest here at Fellowship, or maybe you've been here for a while and you just wanna learn more about what's going on, please consider signing up for the guest reception. It's a great way to meet our staff, understand what we're about here at Fellowship, as well as some next steps for you in your journey here. Check it out on the Church Center app. Next Tuesday on June 7th, we are doing a life group leader night. Now this is for anybody who is a life group leader already, or if you're interested in becoming a life group leader. And maybe you're not sure what that means or what that would look like for you, but if you just wanna help people build community and see Jesus move in their life in the middle of the week, this night is for you. It's informational, it's a great way to get training and answer any questions. There is food and childcare provided, so we can meet those needs for you as well. If you are considering becoming a life group leader, please check it out on our Church Center app. June 12th is our next baptism service and we love our baptism service here at Fellowship Church. So if you feel like you are ready to take that next step in your faith with Jesus, showing the world that you are ready to follow him, come sign up on the Church Center app. As always, check out what's happening here at Fellowship on our Church Center app. Enjoy today's message.
camp too. You see, the thing is, is I know I'm getting old, but I can't stay away from camp. I love kids. I love teenagers. I love to see what God is doing in their life. And let me tell you, parents, if you have a teenager at camp, you should be proud. It is so cool to see what the Lord is doing through your students and what kind of kids you have raised. We've got a few pictures of just some things that happened. Uh, we had incredible sessions that were just so, uh, such a blessing to them, the things that they're learning and the things that they are able to uh, glean as far as information at the age that they're at is just incredible. They were dealing with everything from uh, deliverance issues and spiritual warfare to understanding heaven and understanding, uh, uh, you know, how to be there with the Lord one day. And then along with all that, they got to have a blast. And we had all kinds of really cool games and, and activities for them. But our uh, volunteers, our youth volunteers and our youth staff are so good. Well, they are such a blessing. Yeah. Give them a hand because they are well deserving of it. So really, really cool stuff happened. Almost 300 up at camp this last week, our kids and our, our workers. And so uh, uh, they are uh, uh, such a blessing. Now for me personally, you know, that's kind of how I got my start in ministry. I, I started in youth camps I, and that was something that I really felt like the Lord was gonna lead me to and uh, for a long time. And then, and then of course he kind of changed my call a little bit to church ministry, but there's something in me that just still loves teenagers. And recently, you know, over the last couple of years, when, when the pandemic hit, one of the things that hit, was hit really hard was our schools. And so they needed help. And I was like, well, what can I do to help with all of this? And, and so they needed subs and teachers to be able to teach when, when people were either around somebody with COVID or they got COVID. And so I volunteered for that, which by, by the way, I guess the pandemic is over. I guess I don't, I don't, I, I, right? I, I really think they should have announced that. And, and in fact, I really think that every negative newscaster that has been teaching and preaching gloom and doom over the airwaves for the last two years should have to announce that the pandemic is over. And when they do that, they should have to do a happy dance, right? Yes, they should. And uh, I, <laughs> I, and also the other thing that I think that they should do is they should also uh, announce how many people survived that got COVID-19, right? The survivors. And I, I don't downplay COVID-19 because I got it and I got it really bad. I got pneumonia and I lost 20 pounds and, and uh, uh, I, was, I had it for a month and it was, it was awful. It was awful. But, but you know what? We ne they never talked about the survivors. They never talked about those that, that made it through it, but they do talk about all the bad stuff. So I really do. I think they should apologize to us and tell us, you know, yeah, the end of the world didn't happen and we all made it through. I mean, uh, of course, it's, it, you know, we did lose some people and we lost some loved ones in that. And that is very, very sad. But, but, uh, but, but I digress, okay? I'm sorry, I went off on my, my uh, tangent there. But anyway, so I decided that I was going to be a substitute. So I went and I interviewed and I went through the background check and did all that kind of stuff. And then, and then I went and I subbed on my day off. You know, thought that that would really, really help. And also it would be an opportunity for me to be able to just be around kids. So one day uh, I got a sixth grade class. Sixth graders, man, they are super, super interesting. And so I went in there and, and you know, I'm trying to teach subjects that I haven't taught or even learned about in years, but doing my best. And so I, I'm standing there and I'm getting ready to teach uh, history and I'm trying to get the kids back in, you know, because they're just, you know, coming back in from their recess or whatever. And so I'm just kind of like tapping my leg, like, come on, hurry up, hurry up. And this little boy sees me tapping my leg and he goes, you're nervous, aren't you? 
And I was like, well, why, why would you say that? Well, you're tapping your leg. And I'm like, yeah, but why would you think that I would be nervous? He goes, because you have to speak to all these people. I was, I was like, I think I'm going to be okay. I think I'm going to be all right. But I was teaching a, a, a history section. And so I thought, you know what? It'd be fun just to start off with a little trivia question and, and do a little motivation in it. So I told him, I said, okay, guys, going into this history section class, uh, I'll give you $10 for anybody that can tell me who the most influential man who ever lived was. And this Hebrew boy, this little Jewish boy in the back who had a little yarmulke on, he raised his hand and he goes, uh, I can tell you, Mr. Roseberry. And I said, who is that? And he goes, Jesus Christ. And I was like, good answer. That's, that is awesome. Come up here, get your $10. So he comes up, I, I hand him my $10. And I said, you know what? I was a little surprised by your answer. Because I said, I know you're Hebrew. And so I would, just wouldn't think that you would say Jesus. And he goes, well, I know the answer is Moses, but business is business. <laughs> <clears throat> That didn't really happen in my class. I just heard that joke and thought it would be really, really funny. All the other stuff happened. But towards the end of the, end of the day, it was, the end of the, uh, it, was, it was towards the end of the day, and it was also uh, a day right before their break. They had like a Thanksgiving break going on. And I would suggest if you ever sub, don't sub right before a break because the kids were just nuts and going crazy and so excited, you know, to be able to, to, uh, to get off and to be off for a week. And so they were just kind of running and jumping around. And this little girl comes up to me, and this is the truth. And she looks at me and she goes, Mr. Roseberry, is there any way I can go stand in the hallway? And I was like, well, I guess, I mean, why? And she goes, because all of this is a little too much. <laughs> she was overwhelmed. It was a little bit too much for her. And the person we're gonna be reading in, about in the Bible today got in a situation where he was overwhelmed and it was a little bit too much for him. Well, we've been in a series on relationships and we talked about the importance of relationships, talked about the importance of communication in relationships over the last few weeks. But I thought, you know, what we would do this week is talk about how we can have the best relationship in our life with the most important person in our life. And that, as, that is Jesus. That is our relationship with the Lord. And communication with the Lord is extremely important. And not only us talking to the Lord, but then us hearing from the Lord. And so I think that as we, as we kind of end out this month, to be able to look at that and go, am I really listening to God? There's a certain individual in the Bible that was not good at that at all. And he was a person in authority. He was a person that uh, was, was given the, the reins of the kingdom of Israel. But his biggest weakness, his biggest, his Achilles heel was the fact that he just would not listen to the Lord. And we're going to be looking in 1 Samuel chapter 10. And of course, who I'm talking about this morning is Saul. Now, leading up to this scripture, Israel had been uh, led by God and through judges. So the tribes had split up after the Exodus and come into the promised land. And they had uh, taken, each tribe had taken a certain uh, uh, territory in, in Israel. And uh, the judges led, but the judges led with God leading them. But the people wanted a king because the Philistines had a king. The Canaanites had a king. And so they thought, we want to be like these other countries. We want to have a royal family. We want to have a king. And the Lord tried to just say for a long time, no, you don't need that. You don't want that. Trust me. If you get that, this is what's going to happen. But they wouldn't listen. So finally he says, all right, I'll give you a king. So he calls forth Samuel. Samuel was the prophet of the day. He was the priest of the day. And they casted lots to figure out who was going to be 
the first king of Israel. And what that meant was is they would, they would roll these dice and the dice were manipulated by the spirit and then they knew by what came up on the dice who they would choose. And that's where we pick up in verse 20 of chapter 10. The Bible says, so Samuel brought all the tribes of Israel before the Lord and the tribe of Benjamin was chosen by lot or by those dice. Then he brought each family of the tribe of Benjamin before the Lord and the family of the uh, Matrites was chosen. And finally, Saul, son of Kish, was chosen from among them. But when they looked for him, he had disappeared. So they asked the Lord, where is he? And the Lord replied, he is hiding among the baggage. And you might have heard that scripture before. But Saul shows up, he's not thinking he's going to be king, and all of a sudden he is chosen. It freaks him out, so he hides. So Saul starts off his, his kingship or starts off uh, this relationship with the Lord between him and the Lord and leading Israel, and he starts off by not listening to God concerning his call. A lot of times we do the same, right? We, we don't listen to the Lord when he calls us to do something. And instead of accepting what God would want Saul to do, he hides in a pile of luggage. Like God can't see through Samsonite. It, he, he, you can see you. And we laugh now, but how many times have we done the same thing? It's like we're scared of what God is going to call us to do because we always think the worst. We always think, well, you know, God wants me to do something. What does that mean? Is he going to call me somewhere else? Am I going to have to go live in Africa? Am I going to have to live in some third world country? I don't know. I don't know if I want to listen to God because I'm a little concerned of what he's going to call me to do. And so we're scared of it. But what we, fe- what we see, and the longer we live with the Lord, we see that God's call and will for our lives is better than anything than we could ever imagine ourselves. He promises that in Scripture... I know the plans I have for you, plans for hope and a future. And you know, I've never seen someone that followed God's plan for their lives that wasn't happy. Of course, they had trials. Of course, they had things that they had to go through. But man, when you're in God's will, it is the best place that you can be. Now, I've seen all kinds of people, and we've seen all kinds of people who have followed the world and what the world has to offer. And and are they happy? Most of the time, not. In fact, you see these people, they have all the money, they have all the riches, they have all the land, they have all the nice homes, they have all the power, and they're miserable. And they end up on drugs, or they end up throwing everything away because, uh, through immorality because they're just trying to, to find something that will fill that hole. If they would have just followed God's law, and followed God's will for their life, everything could have been different. So Saul didn't listen when it came to God's call. But we also see that he doesn't listen when it comes to God's timing. And timing is everything, right? I mean, timing on investments, timing on, you know, the real estate market, timing on uh, whether or not we should do this or we should do this and when we should do it. I mean, timing is huge. And timing can propel you into success or it can hurt you as far as a decision that you might need to make. So let's watch what Saul does just three chapters later and as he's preparing to go to war. So Israel has now become one country, one country under one king. They have a military. They've been harassed by the Philistines. And so God says, okay, look, you go, you fight, I will be with you. 
And in 1 Samuel 13, verse 7, we see, Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his men were trembling with fear. They were afraid to go to war. This is their first big military encounter uh, as one country. So Saul waited th uh, there seven days for Samuel, as Samuel instructed him earlier. But Samuel still didn't come. So Samuel said, oh, You're going to go to war. But before you can do anything, before you go to war, I need to be there. I need to make sure that we, we worship the Lord before we go into battle. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away. So they're getting so scared and they're waiting around all these days. And so they start to, to defect or they start to go AWOL. So he demanded, bring me the burnt offerings and the peace offerings. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offerings himself. Now Saul was king, but he wasn't a priest. Saul was king, but he was not the prophet. So he did something that he shouldn't have done. Just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offerings, Samuel arrived. Saul went out to meet and welcomed him. He says, but, but Samuel said, what is this you have done? Saul replied, I saw my, my men scattering from me, and you didn't arrive when you said you would. And the Philistines are at Michmash, ready for battle. So I said, the Philistines are ready to march against Esagelgal, and I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offerings myself before you came. How foolish, Samuel exclaimed. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. You know, this was a test. It wasn't about the fact that seven days needed to pass or anything like that, but God wanted to see, is Saul gonna listen to me or is Saul gonna take things into his own hands? I mean, impatience, impatience kills us. And I think some of us, namely myself, really struggle with being patient. If we would just learn to wait on God and seek his timing and everything we do, could you imagine how much more successful our life would be? I remember uh, Rebecca, uh, so early on in our marriage, she had a really good job. It was a great paying job. And uh, there was, uh, it was approaching a time when we were getting ready to have Lindsay. And so she was going to just, she was going to go ahead and quit so she could stay home for Lindsay, for, with Lindsay while she was uh, an infant. And right, right when she was getting ready to resign, her manager came to her and, and she started to tell him, hey, look, I need to quit. You know, here's my letter of resignation. He stopped her. He said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to take that. And she's like, well, you don't understand. You know, I'm, my due date is on this date and my, I need to get, no, 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 I don't want it. And she's like, what? And so she's just like, did one of those microwave prayers really quick. Like, Lord, what, what's going on here? And so she took the letter of resignation back and she was like, well, okay. And then she found out a week later that the company had been sold. They were offering everybody that was on staff a severance package and made, make, made sure that they were vested in the company so they got their retirement. Isn't that incredible? Like, so she just had patience and she just listened to the Lord. And as a result of that, we still have that 401k that she was pouring into all those years that is built over time. But if she would have pressed it, if she hadn't have been patient, we wouldn't have had that. So we see Saul make these two mistakes as far as listening to God. And then we see Saul not listen to God concerning his job. So how many times have we done that? How many times have we not listened to God about maybe what we were supposed to do for a job or maybe what we were supposed to do when it came to a career change? Well, the scripture says in verse 14, but now your kingdom must end. So it's like, Saul, you blew it. You obviously won't listen. For the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. In other words, he wants to find somebody that's going to listen to him. 
The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. And of course, this was David who would eventually become king. So Saul loses his job. He lost his job. And we've all been there. We've all been there. But don't you know that sometimes when we lose our job, that just shows that God wants something better for us? I can't tell you how many times I've seen people that, that have come to me and have said, oh man, I've, I, I lost my job. I don't know what I'm gonna do. And I'm like, hey, let's, let's just pray. Maybe God has got, has, has got his hand in this. And it was amazing because almost every time they ended up finding a better job we were, where they were happier, where they got paid more money. It's just the way, that's just the way God is. And that actually, that's happened to me a few times too, where I, I lost a job, I didn't understand it, it broke my heart, I felt ashamed, my pride was hurt. And then God showed me, no, 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 I'm in control. I got you, just listen to me, be patient and know that I'm gonna take care of you. Especially if you tithe. Like if you tithe, you are on the blessed category when it comes to finances. And God is gonna always make sure that you're taken care of financially, regardless of what's going on in the world. Because this world thinks it's set up on its finances, but the Lord knows it's all his. And he can distribute it however he wants. And he's gonna make sure that those that are faithful to him, he is going to be faithful back. Then we see Saul blow it this way. He doesn't listen to God's plan. He doesn't listen or seek God's plan. 1 Samuel 18, 6 says, when the victorious Israelite army was returning home after David had killed the Philistine, women from all the towns of Israel came out to meet King Saul. So this goes back, it's a flashback of when David is, uh, 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 comes out, he's still a child, he'd been anointed as king, but he kills Goliath. That famous story. So the victory happens. He slays Goliath. The Philistines run. And man, everybody is ready to party. Everybody is ready to, uh, to celebrate. And we see this happening. It says in the Bible that they sang, danced, they sang and danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. This was their, so their song. Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. That was like top ten hit in Israel at the time. And that's what they're singing. This made Saul very angry, right? Ego, pride, he's mad, he's upset. It's like, oh, you're singing about David killing, that's not, that's not cool. So what, so he's killed that many. I've killed a lot too. Why would, you, why would you sing about him? They credit David with 10,000s and me with only thousands. Next, they'll be making him their king. Well, he's, maybe he is prophetic. So from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. He didn't keep an eye on David, he kept a jealous eye on David. The very next day, a tormenting spirit from God overwhelmed Saul and he began to rave in his house like a madman. So Saul steps outside of God's plan. Saul steps out from underneath God's cover. Saul decides he's gonna be jealous and vindictive towards David. And as a result, he gets an evil spirit that starts messing with him. David was playing the harp as he did each day, but Saul had a spear in his hand and he suddenly hurled it at David, intending to pin him to the wall. But David escaped him twice. Saul was then afraid of David for the Lord was with David and had turned away from Saul. And Saul went on hunting David and trying to kill him for years. Now, have you ever thought what would have happened to Saul if he would have listened to God and given his kingdom to David? 
In that moment, if he would have just said, you know what, you're right, Lord, I failed you, I am so sorry, and obviously I'm not the right person for this job, but I know you'll have something else for me because you do love me. If David is your man, I will support David. Could you imagine if he would have done that? If he would have done that, knowing David, he probably would have been the most blessed man in Israel without any of the heart headache of being a king. Because David took care of Mephibosheth after Saul had died, and Mephibosheth was just one of Saul's kids. And he made sure that he was always taken care of. So you know David would have done the same thing for Saul. When Samuel died, Saul was lost. Understand that, that, that things up to that point had been a certain way in a, because David had a relationship, or Saul had a relationship with Samuel. And, and as soon as he died, things messed up. Things got worse. So how do we keep the communication lines open. Man, we don't want to become like Saul. We don't want to make his mistakes. Well, I think the first thing that we have to do is we have to learn to recognize God's voice. Because when, Saul, when Samuel died, Saul didn't know how to talk to God anymore. He had always relied on Samuel to talk to God. And for many of us, it's the same way. We've relied on somebody else to tell us what God is, is wanting to speak to us about. Maybe it's a husband or a wife, or maybe it's, it's a spiritual leader, somebody that's a small group leader. Maybe it's a pastor. Maybe it's a friend. And you trust their relationship with the Lord more than you trust your relationship with the Lord. Man, we have to learn to recognize God's voice for ourselves. So this happens, and he's distraught. I've lost Samuel. I feel like I'm losing the throne I don't feel like I have any way to talk to the Lord anymore. So he takes matters into his own hands. And this is one of the most interesting stories in the Old Testament. And we see it in 1 Samuel 28, verse 3. The Bible says, Meanwhile, Samuel had died, and all Israel had mourned for him. When Saul saw the vast Philistine army, he became frantic with fear. He asked the Lord what he should do, but the Lord refused to answer him, either by dreams or by sacred lots or by the prophets. Saul then said to his advisors, find a woman who is a medium so I can go and ask her what to do. His, advise, his advisors replied, there is a medium in, at Endor. So Saul disguised himself by wearing ordinary clothing instead of his royal robes. Then he went to the woman, woman's home at night, accompanied by two of his men. I have to talk to a man who has died, he said. Will you call up his spirit for me? So, so Saul didn't know how to talk to God in a normal relationship. So he uses the occult to try to do it. He uses a witch to conjure a spirit. He, she says, are you trying to get me killed? You know that Saul has outlawed all the mediums and all the, those that, who would consult the spirits of the dead. Why are you setting a trap for me? So he, she repeats back to him his own law. Of course, she doesn't recognize him yet, but Saul took an oath in the name of the Lord and promised, as, long, as surely as the Lord lives, nothing bad will happen to you for doing this. Finally, the woman said, well, whose spirit do you want me to call up? <laughs> call up Samuel, Saul replied. And when the woman saw Samuel, so she does it, she conjures him up. She screamed, you've deceived me. You are Saul. Don't be afraid, the king told her. What do you see? I see a God coming up out of the earth. So she describes what she's seeing. And for some reason, the Lord allowed her to see Samuel 
to maybe get a, a last-ditch effort message to Saul? What does he look like, Saul asked. He's an old man wrapped in a robe, she replied. Saul realized with, uh, it was Samuel, and he fell to the ground before him. Why have you disturbed me by calling me back, Samuel asked. You know, could you imagine this? You're enjoying heaven. Everything is awesome. You're fine, man, you've got, you got no worries. There's no pain. I mean, Samuel was an old guy when he died. He's, he got a, he's, he's in heaven. He just has, doesn't have any pain anymore. He's probably fishing or doing something that he loves. And then some witch calls his spirit up. And he's got to go back to, he to earth. Like, are you kidding me, Saul? You are still a pain in my rear end and I'm supposed to be in heaven. And this is what happens in this scripture. Uh, why have you disturbed me by calling me back, Samuel asked Saul. Because I'm in deep trouble, Saul replied. The Philistines are at war with me and God has left me and won't reply by prophets or dreams. So I've called for you to tell me what to do. But Samuel replied, why ask me? Since the Lord has left you and has become your enemy, the Lord has done just as he said he would. He has torn the kingdom from you and given it to your rival, David. Saul had already been told what was going to happen. He just didn't want to accept it. The Lord has done this to you today because you refused to carry out his fierce anger against the Amalekites. Another time that Saul did not listen to God. Once more, the Lord will hand you and the army of Israel over to the Philistines tomorrow. And you and your sons will be here with me. The Lord will bring down the entire army of Israel in defeat. It is so important that we learn God's voice for ourselves. We don't rely on anybody else. We don't rely on anything else. But we rely on our personal relationship with him. And the more that we listen, the more we stop and make sure that we're trying to hear God's voice, the more we will recognize it. Now, he's going to speak to us in one of five ways. He's gonna to speak to us maybe through impressions. An impression is like this gut feeling maybe where you just know that you're supposed to do something or you know you're not supposed to do something. An impression can also come, apart, uh, come upon you like a, maybe a spirit of peace where you like, Lord, I think this is the, the direction I need to go. And as soon as you start going that way, you just get a peace that passes all understanding that comes upon you to confirm your decision. So sometimes it's impressions, sometimes it's dreams. Uh, there, are, there, there are those of us and, and many of you maybe that have had a dream before that you, you were struggling with a decision and you didn't know what to do. And so you went to sleep that night and, and you had a dream or maybe you don't remember the dream, but you wake up the next morning and you know what to do. Many times that's the Lord steering you. Of course, the word of God is one way too, right? The Bible, most of our answers are already in scripture. We just have to read the word. Many times he'll speak through people. Somebody that maybe is a small group leader, maybe it's a spiritual leader, maybe it's a family member that loves the Lord and they're interceding for you. And so they can give you advice. And that advice, that counsel comes directly from the Lord. And then sometimes the Lord speaks to us through our pain. Sometimes we don't listen. Now for me, there's been many times where I would not slow down long enough to listen. So the Lord allowed something to happen in my life that was painful for me to stop and go, oh, that's what you're saying. Oh, man, I'm not gonna, I've, I've learned that lesson. I'm not gonna do that again. So recognize his voice. I love, there was a, a pastor one time that said, man, I wanna get to a point where I, I know the Lord's voice so well that I don't have to wait for him to shout. I'll be able to hear his whisper. 
So learn how he speaks to you. Also, you got to stay in God's word, right? If, if, if the word is one of the ways that the Lord uh, speaks to us, we got to make sure that our, our, our coffee with God, our time with the Lord is super, super good. And it's super important for us. Through the Word app on your phone is a great way to do that. Man, I, I've been doing Through the Word on, the, on my phone for years, and it is such a blessing. It'll just walk you right through Scripture and give you commentary as you go. So stay in God's Word. Schedule time alone. None of these things are hard. But like for me, I'll get so wound up with projects and things that I need to do. And, that, and, and you know, I'm just going, going, going. And I'm always around people. I'm always around people that I don't get alone to hear from him. It's super hard to listen if we're always with other people. Fourth, bind the spirit of pride and jealousy daily. Sometimes us making sure that we hear from the Lord is, a, is part of spiritual warfare. And there are things that are gonna distract you. And in Saul's story, jealousy and pride ruined him. Right? It, it made him to where he couldn't hear the, the Lord's voice. And so in Jesus' name, I just pray that right now that you would bind the spirit of jealousy in me. You'd bind the spirit of pride in me. I do that every day. Every day. Whatever I feel like the devil's launching against me, you bind it up in Jesus' name and you get it away from you. It's just spiritual warfare. Pride will make you delusional. Pride will make you delusional. You think about what pride did to Lucifer. Lucifer was an archangel. He had it all. He was, he was right up there with, with, uh, with the Trinity. I mean, he, he carried out what the Lord wanted. I mean, he was an archangel, the strongest, the most powerful of all the angels. And, and pride made him think that he was as good as God, that he could be as great as God. Lucifer had experienced it all, and he rejected it. And he took a third of the angels with him when he fell from heaven. Man, if pride can do that to an archangel, what could it do to us? Now, the bad thing about pride is that if you're prideful, you don't realize you're prideful because you're prideful. <laughs> so you just say, Lord, strip away any veil of deception that I might have on me. I mean, if I am prideful, show me. And then also on a daily basis, man, just pray that God will clothe you with humility, that he would clothe you with humility. We're never wiser than we are when we're humble and reliant on the Lord. And then finally, stay undercover. Stay under your spiritual authority. Stay under those that would, would help you and advise you in the right way. Saul would never do that. He never stayed undercover, and as a result, his life became a mess. Let me pray over you, Lord. We love you. We thank you for this morning. I pray in Jesus' name right now that you would bless us. And I pray, Lord, that you would help all of us to hear your whisper. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be able to recognize your voice. And Lord, help us to be able to hear your voice without having to go through pain. I'd much rather learn, learn a lesson or, or hear your voice through scripture or through somebody that maybe is hearing from you on our behalf. I mean, I'd much rather go that route through a spiritual impression or a dream than have to experience pain. But if we do experience pain, that you would show us and that we would be very open to know what you're trying to tell us. Thank you, Lord, that you wanna communicate with us. Thank you, Lord, that you want to have a relationship with us. And for those of us that struggle with pride or jealousy in our life, with any demon really or bad habit that would cause us not to hear your voice, I pray in Jesus' name that you would just bind up those evil spirits, cast them out of our lives, do warfare on our behalf, get pave a way for us, Lord, that nothing would get in the way of our relationship with you. And I pray these things in Jesus' name.
Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I'll ask you now to be my savior, to be my guide, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text heaven to 94,000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting prayer support to 94,000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text fellowship to 94,000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online.